We thank God for each and every person that is here tonight and uh, thank the Lord for uh, such a beautiful presence of the Lord. We're going to go directly into the word of the Lord. I'm going to be uh, speaking to you this evening on uh, the subject uh, overcoming fear, overcoming fear. Uh, before I do that, though, I do want to uh, announce uh, that this coming Sunday morning, we're going to be uh, signing uh, people up. There will be a sign-up opportunity. If you would like to add your name to the list of people who would like to be a part of uh, small groups, life groups, and uh, how many uh, were able to see the presentation that we had on Sunday? Wasn't that an outstanding presentation? Let's give them a great big hand. They did a wonderful job. And uh, it, this is such a beautiful thing that we're doing for many reasons. Uh, one of them is that, you know, you only get so much out of serving the Lord uh, when you are sitting in a uh, congregation, congregational setting, and, uh, and you're part of a multitude of people. And then you get something else uh, when you are in a small life group, when you are among 8 to 12 people, and you're able to talk and ask questions and hear what others are saying. And, uh, and it does something. It, it, it brings an element of growth that is, uh, that is able to develop in that setting that is different from the kind of growth that develops, say, in, in the, even in this kind of setting. So it's, it's very powerful on the front of spiritual growth. Uh, another thing is, is that these life groups in, require uh, uh, people to be involved. And so uh, there are people who are going to be helping to organize uh, this. There will be food at these, at these life groups. Everybody said amen. We like food. We love Jesus, but we like food a whole lot. And, uh, and so there's going to be people who are going to be Needed that will uh, that will provide those those uh, sorts of amenities and uh, people that will help to take information and and follow provide follow up and communications. So there is a broad array of ways for you to be involved in each one of these life groups. So particularly if you are wanting to lend your hand to how can I help First Apostolic Church grow? How can I help First Apostolic Church thrive and succeed? Life Groups is a way to do that. And we're going to be signing folks up this Sunday morning, and we're going to be having our first training session Sunday evening at 5.30. And so it's going to be a tremendous time. I'll be one of the instructors, Brother Jordan will be one of the instructors this coming Sunday evening, and we're just looking forward to it. Praise the Lord. And I, I'm excited because there are going to be people who come to these life groups who, who have needs in their lives. And the topics covered and the prayers that are prayed and the relationships that are established in these life groups are going to go so far in, in strengthening people's lives and helping them to serve the Lord. Praise God. So keep that in mind and let's all be in prayer. Can I get a commitment that we will all be in prayer that God will anoint these life groups for his glory and for his purpose and that people's lives will in fact be changed. Amen. Amen. So we're talking tonight about overcoming fear. We're going to be talking a week from tonight about overcoming death, overcoming fear tonight. 
and overcoming death. These are two things that are linked together. The Bible describes that, that the enemy uh, was able to control people through their fear of death. Uh, our lives are dramatically altered uh, by our fear of death. Our minds are dramatically altered by our fear of death and by death itself. Death has changed the landscape of all humanity in a, in a profound way. And it's, it's impossible for us through our natural mind to fully perceive just how God intended for us to live life eternally, uh, everlasting. Imagine if all the beautiful people that you knew in your life were able to still be with you right now enjoying life. Well, that's the will of God. That's the will of God that all of us would be able to live eternally in his presence and never have to experience that awful and, and agonizing matter of death. So we're talking about overcoming fear tonight and next week we'll be talking about overcoming death. I, I bring this up at this time because uh, we're entering the season of uh, Halloween and people are, are all uh, caught up in ghosts and goblins and, and, uh, and vampires and, and uh, so many things that are just scary. You know, you can't walk into a restaurant without it being decorated with with cobwebs and skeletons and, and devils. And it's just like, I don't know where the thrill comes from all of this. But, but, but in our world, there's a little bit of a, a thrill that comes from people just being afraid. And, and uh, in fact, uh, all you got to do is drive by Kings Island one of these nights. And it's packed out with people there to experience what they've called in times past. I don't know what they call it now, but in times past they called it Fear Fest. Seriously? I don't know that those words go together. Uh, festivities of fear. And yet it's, it's a big deal. People pay lots of money to go get scared out of their mind. And uh, they want somebody chasing them with a chainsaw. Uh, as long as they know the chainsaw is not real. They want, they want, you know, they want monsters and goblins and all kind of stuff to just, just make their night miserable and, and they're half crying and, and afraid, but walk away saying, didn't we have a great time? And so it's a little twisted, I know, but, uh, but that's, you know, the world's a little twisted. You, you know, fear is a human emotion. It, it, it is a human emotion, but, but there's also a spirit of fear. And this is why I want to address this matter, because uh, our world is overtaken by a spirit of fear. And they, they have become very uh, accustomed to uh, this spirit. And we know from the word of the Lord that this spirit of fear does not come from the Lord. So I'm going to read to you a verse of scripture that uh, tells us that this spirit of fear does not come from, from the Lord. And it, it, it's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is the epistle from the Apostle Paul to the young man of God, Timothy. It's his second epistle. And he says in verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 1, For God hath 
not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This spirit of fear, when it comes against you, you can know it did not come from the Lord. And this, this particular fear, there are, the, words, the word fear in the Bible is connected with any other time that the word fear is used. It all has some kind of a, of a relation back to the uh, concept of phobos or phobia. And, uh, and yet this particular word actually goes deeper and actually means uh, particularly uh, a, a spirit of timidity. And so God did not give us the spirit of timidity. He did not give us the spirit of being afraid to let our light shine, to let the glory of God uh, be expressed from us. And so, so you know that anything that's holding you back from letting the Lord speak through you, letting the Lord move through you, that's, that's a spirit that's attacking you. That is trying to prevent you from being all that God would want you to be. And we are not to be overtaken by uh, those kinds of spirits. We are to live triumphantly in the Lord. And so the Lord tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us power and he has given us love and he has given us a sound mind. Now those three things we can logically understand what the scripture is saying in this verse of scripture, it's saying that, that God did not give you the spirit of fear. So when you feel a spirit of fear to come upon you, you can know that didn't come from God. That's, that's an enemy that's trying to make you back down, make you afraid, make you feel like, like hope is being lost. And so it's not of God. And instead of giving us the spirit of fear, God gave us these things. God gave us power. God gave us love and God gave us a sound mind. These things do, in fact, replace uh, fear. So power replaces fear by knowing that, that God has all power. And love replaces fear by knowing that God has all love. And so when you know those two things, that God has all power and that God loves you with an everlasting love, there's nothing that brings more comfort than that. That God loves you with an everlasting love. That God has all power in heaven and in earth so he can back that love up. And not only does he have all power, but he has all love. So not only does he have all this great strength, but he uses it in a positive way because of his love. The love wherewith he has loved us. So these are two truths that God gives us. The, the truth of his power the truth of his love and they teach us that we have nothing to be afraid of when God has all power and God has all love. So this gives us then a soundness of mind. We're able then to think clearly because God loves me and he has all power. God loves me and he has all power. God loves me and he has all power. Those two truths keep me in perfect peace. And cause me not to give in to the spirit of fear. And so people, uh, people, you know, we talked about it. People like to get a, be afraid for a little while. As long as they know it's not real danger. They like that feeling of adrenaline, I guess, that, that comes from being scared. It's why they go on roller coasters. 
What in the world is that all about? Somebody told me, they said, you know what? If we, if we had taken our, our war, prisoners of war uh, from, from uh, fights overseas and put them on a roller coaster, it would be called torture. And yet we're signing up and paying season passes and letting me do it. Make me go upside down six times in a row. And, and, uh, and, and it's, just, it's just they like that rush of adrenaline. And you know, the truth of the matter is that all those emotions are really supposed to be experienced in the presence of the Lord. All those emotions. Every emotion you have is to be exercised within the context of the presence of the Lord. For instance, we don't really have uh, any, any place in the scriptures that speaks in positive connotation about entertainment. And yet we are overly entertained. I mean, we don't know what to do with ourselves if we're not constantly being entertained and our, our, our eyes being stimulated by some moving animated object. And, and so we, we, our, our world and this generation particularly has come into an addiction of entertainment. And I, can't, I just can't find any place in the scriptures that says that, that hey, there's a, a good thing called entertainment. The, 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 the fact of the matter is entertainment really replaces, unfortunately, it replaces the presence of the Lord in our lives. Uh, those things that entertainment stimulates within you, those things are to be stimulated by the presence of the Lord. So, you know, if you were to, if you were to look through a, a, a genre, list of genres or categories where you wanted to uh, uh, somehow select your form of entertainment, uh, you notice that they are connected to your emotions. You know, what do I want? Do I want drama? You got drama without watching more drama. What do I want? Do I want comedy? Do I want... Uh, do I want horror, that fear we're talking about? Do I want uh, suspense? Do I want action? What, what is it that I want? And it's connected to your emotions. Those emotions, if you're going to let them be stimulated through entertainment, it will be cheap and it will leave you feeling empty. But if you stimulate those through the presence of the Lord, there is a satisfying, fulfilling, hallelujah, a fulfilling power that enters your life. And so many times when people enter the presence of the Lord, this is why you see a wide range of emotion that develops while they're in the presence of the Lord. They can cry when they're not sad. They're happy, but they're crying. They can leap for joy. They can dance for joy. They can shout for joy. They can laugh. I've seen people laugh. Uh, and, and then even, even when we are afraid, it is important that we allow ourselves to be in the presence of the Lord so that we can negotiate that feeling of being afraid and, and not allow the spirit of fear to attach itself to us. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you for a little bit uh, tonight about the difference between good fear and bad fear. There is good fear and there is bad fear. And, and I, I want to explain that to you tonight. For instance, some people are confused because uh, the Bible makes it very clear that we are to fear not. Do you know that is about the number one command in the scriptures as far as frequency of, of use? The Lord routinely says, fear not. 
Fear not. Fear not. As a matter of fact, any time that he appeared to people, he had to say to them, fear not. And it was, you know, and you can imagine, they're just kind of walking through their day, just strolling along life's pathway, and then all of a sudden, this nine foot ten angel of the Lord appears with a flaming sword. Yeah, that's a little bit scary. And so the Lord just has to say, fear not. His word would bring a peace and a calm. We see it when the angels of the Lord appeared uh, on the uh, fields that the shepherds, where the shepherds were keeping their flocks by night as they announced the birth of Jesus. And the first thing they said was, uh, be not afraid. And, and, and so on and so forth. Routinely, the angel of the Lord would appear. Be not afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Be not afraid. But that first, in, that first impression of the human heart in its, in its engagement with the presence of God is, is by default almost fear. You see the same thing that happens when an individual walks into a service where the presence of the Lord is powerful and is palpable and, and God is moving among the people. And they walk into that atmosphere and they're not used to it. They're used to a much more subdued or sedate atmosphere. And instead they come into a place where folks are shouting, folks are dancing, folks are, are running, folks are talking in tongues. And they don't know what that is and they get afraid. Anybody remember when you first walked in? Go ahead, you can raise your hand. Do you remember when you first came in and thought, oh my goodness, what time do they let out? Will they let me out? I don't you know. What have I got myself into? And, and what has happened is that your, your, your human nature is encountering the presence of a holy God. And you're not sure what that means. And, and it's a little discomforting. And, and so there's a fear that, that develops. And so your first reaction to it many times is, I'm afraid. And, and yet, as you enter into it, the, the peace of God comes and the presence of God envelops you. And you begin to realize, no, I was always meant to be in this atmosphere. I was always meant to be in this place of praise and worship. My body, my heart, my mind was designed to be in the presence of the Lord. And you discover in his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Good fear and bad fear. Here's good fear. The fear of the Lord. Here's bad fear. The fear of other things. We don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't need to be afraid of anything. We don't need to be afraid of, of the terror by night. We don't need to be afraid of the destruction that wasteth at noonday. We don't need to be afraid of the pestilence that walketh in darkness. We don't need to be afraid of, of, of any kind of an affront to us. And, and I, I'm quoting scripture when I say those things to you. I'm not just picking words that sound good. The scripture says, Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness. It pretty much covers everything that you and I would typically be afraid of. We're afraid in our human nature. We're afraid of that arrow that flies by day. 
of that random violence that, that we see sometimes uh, in, in, other, in other places and we're afraid it could happen to us or we're afraid of the pestilence that walketh in darkness and that darkness means it's referring to secrecy. It's referring to a, a, a place that, that you can't see or don't know and so everybody's afraid of some sort of of a lurking pestilence that they may not be aware of. And so a symptom crops up in their body and they go ask for an internal view of their body, you know, the, the scan of the inside and, and uh, x-ray me, let me see what's going on in here so I can make sure there's no pestilence that has crept up upon me. And it is good, it is good to... To, to detect those things early and to don't play games with that. Go make sure you know what's going on uh, on the inside of your body. But, but having said that, don't be afraid in the name of Jesus. But perfect your knowledge in Almighty God and know that serving Him is a win-win situation. Serving him is a win-win situation. We're going to talk more about this next week when we talk about overcoming death. But, but in, the, in the early days of modern Pentecost, in the early 20th century, the songs that were written, there were a host of songs that were written about heaven. And, and these songs, there were a host of songs written about the blood and there are a host of songs written about heaven. And, and these songs, you, you know, you can just go down the list. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice, cares all past, home at last ever to rejoice. When the redeemed are gathering in, wash, by, wash uh, like snow, uh, free from all sin. And uh, I will shout, I will sing when the redeemed are gathering in. And when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Of course, uh, the, the old uh, jazz anthem, oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints, oh, when the saints go marching in. Of course, that had a different connotation, but the church grabbed a hold of it and said, we're the saints. And there's going to come a day when we're marching on in. And, uh, and, uh, and so it's, it's a, it's a, it was constant. It was, it was referring to a, a, an actual day in that city where the lamb is the light, in that city where there cometh no night. I have a mansion over there, and it's free from toil and care. Uh, I'm going where the lamb is the light. And we will walk through the streets of that city where our loved ones have gone on before. We will go through the streets of that city, enter to go out no more from the north, east, and west they shall gather from the south too a host shall arise then the children of Abraham gather to hold a reunion in the skies oh we're going to walk through the streets of that city hallelujah it was just every, every one of their songs had references to heaven, to glory, to where they painted a picture in the minds of the believer that this world is not our home. We are just passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. And little by little, the concentration on heaven, the 
depiction of heaven, the articulation of heaven, faith in heaven, thanksgiving for heaven, praising God for a place called heaven, giving God the glory for providing a place called heaven, began to remove the vice-like grip that fear had upon the minds and the hearts of people. It is a win-win situation to serve the Lord. And we are so focused on fearing what could happen to us on this uh, earth and in this life to where we, we get so caught up with that that we really forget how beautiful it is over there. I mean, it's beautiful over there. And, and, and you can say, well, you know, part of the thing that's, I think, most sad to us it really doesn't even have so much to do with us as it does the people we would leave behind. And we, we think in terms of, well, I, you know, on one hand, I don't want to miss out on what everybody's going to be doing, you know, living their lives and, and, and what have you, and all these people that I'm leaving behind. But, but see, when you really get to understanding heaven, you start to realize how many people will be welcoming you with open arms. A great cloud of witnesses that will be welcoming you into that great reward that God has prepared for those, all those who love his appearing. Amen. And this is why we must pour ourselves into helping people be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Glory to God, because it is a beautiful thing. And so, so we are not to fear. We are not to fear. The Bible even says, do not fear him who can destroy your body. Don't fear him who can destroy your body. And that's really who we're afraid of a lot of times. We're always afraid of, of what somebody could do to our physical person. But the scripture says, instead, fear him who can destroy your body and soul in hell now you know who that's talking about that's actually talking about God that's who you need to fear now then somebody says oh wait a minute I thought God is love and and so why would I fear God if God is love I, God is a loving God and and we need to concentrate on that we absolutely need to concentrate on that but we must concentrate on that in its proper context and we have to build line upon line and precept upon precept and here a little and there a little so that we can really understand and appreciate the fact that God is love. You and I are to fear the Lord and we are not to fear man and we are not to fear what the enemy could do to us. We are not to fear what might be lying around the corner. We are not to fear what tomorrow may hold, but we are to fear the Lord. Now, now, somebody said, well, it's a different kind of fear, Pastor. Well, when you get down into this word fear, they kind of mean the same thing. <laughs> this word fear is interrelated all through the scripture. Here's where fear is bad. When you, like faith, when you put it in anything besides God. And here's where fear is good, when you put it in the Lord. It's, it's a human emotion, not the spirit of fear, not the spirit of fear, but that human emotion that, that causes alarm, that causes afraid, I'm afraid. Fear, that, 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 that feeling of, of 
what does this mean? I don't know what this means. And, and so this uncertainty has created a conflict in the logical processes of my mind. That This is not to be placed in anything but the Lord. Just like you need to place your faith in God, you need to place your fear in God. Okay? So, so when, you, when you consider this, it becomes a very beautiful thing. When you place your fear in God, it sanctifies your fear and makes it a beautiful thing in your life. The problem that we have in our society today and in every civilization that, that crumbled throughout history is that they get to a point where there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's what happens. They're not afraid of God any longer. When you are living for the Lord, you live for the Lord because, because of a few reasons. You come to God because, one, you found out through the preaching of the word, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. That's why you started serving the Lord. You didn't just start serving the Lord because, hey, this sounds like a good thing to do with my time. I ought to, you know, I ought to just start going on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings and hanging around these people that I've never met before in my life. And, and that's not why. You've, you came to God because the preaching of the word of God reached down into your soul and persuaded you that you are lost without God. Now that's the fear of the Lord. That, that, that causes alarm. That causes afraid. Without him I am nothing. I am a sinner. I am undone. I am without hope. I need God. And, and, and then the next step is to find out though that this God has made a way of escape for you. And this God has created a path that you can find salvation for your soul. And so, so you were first introduced to him by learning that yes, there's cause for alarm because I'm lost. And let me tell you something. If you're walking with God and you don't know that without him you're lost, you're not walking with him. If you're walking with God and you haven't been fully persuaded that without Him you're going straight to hell, then you're not really serving the Lord. Maybe we need to go back to the basics and preach an old-fashioned repentance. Hallelujah. Do you know the, the holiness mindset that gripped America and that caused America to, to lean toward Christianity came as a result of fearless preachers who stood up behind pulpits and denounced sin and preached righteousness and preached the fear of the Lord. And they began to talk about sinners in the hands of an angry God. And, and, and if you've not heard that message, it is a phenomenal message that was preached in the early days of, of uh, probably a little before the American Revolution, where people began to, to understand that, that, that I, God owes me nothing. He's not bound to me by any means. I am outside of a covenant with God, and without Him, I'm lost. Then a fear of the Lord grips them because they begin to understand He has the power to judge me, he has the power to pour out his wrath upon me. If you live for the Lord very long, you do develop a very healthy fear of God. One that puts you in check 
and you won't do evil things, not because it didn't cross your mind, but because you fear the Lord. And you know he could come down at this moment and take the breath from your body. You know he could send forth the lightning from his hand. You know that he could bring about any plague upon you. And we've seen it happen in modern history where plagues have been unleashed. And, and, and people, you, you can say what you will about where they come from. We don't know exactly the origin. We just know there's certain things we're not going to do, certain paths we're not going to walk because we know the power that God has. To execute judgment upon people. And there's an even greater penalty for those who know truth and turn against the truth. And so before you begin to say, oh, you preach in the fear of the Lord, that's, that's, that's a scare tactic. And that's not doesn't have a place in modern context. Let, let, let's, let's look at the fear of the Lord. Let me tell you something. The greatest thing I ever did was start fearing God. The greatest greatest thing I ever did was fear God it laid the foundation for me to love God it laid the foundation for me to be saved and and and, and I can't without fearing the Lord I, I'm going to read to you Job chapter 28 and verse 28 just follow along with me for a moment Job 28 and verse 28 if we can just if we can just uh, put these scriptures up I'm going to go through several so we're going to try to keep up, but, but if you can follow along, just listen to what it is that I'm saying. Job 28, verse 28. And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. I'm thankful to have the fear of the Lord in my life. Psalm 19 and 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalm 25 and verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. See, people who don't fear God don't have access to the secrets of God. It is those who fear him who have access to the secrets of God. And they begin to understand things about the Lord and know things about the Lord. And even the stuff they don't understand, they have peace and they have comfort because they have been made privy to the secrets of the Lord through fearing God. Hallelujah. Psalm 33 and verse number 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. That's why I'm not afraid of famine because the Bible tells me that if I fear the Lord, he'll keep me alive in famine. Hallelujah. This gets real practical and it gets real Fast. Psalm 34 and verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Everybody says, oh, I got my angel. Not if you don't fear him. I don't, he may be gracious enough to give you one, but he didn't guarantee you one. He said the angel of the Lord comes to those who fear the Lord. Not those who, who praise him. Those who fear him. 
The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Verse number eight. Let's just read through here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Hallelujah. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. So he's going to teach us now the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Here's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will make you keep thy tongue from evil. It'll make you keep your lips from speaking guile. It'll make you depart from evil. It'll make you do good. It'll make you seek peace and it'll make you pursue peace. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry. The Lord hear them. The Lord delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Let's let, we're going to skip a few, but let's go on. Psalm 111 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. See, some people never grow in wisdom because they will not allow the fear of the Lord to be planted in their life. And let me just tell you something. You have loved ones who, who you tried to save from the fear of the Lord. And God was going to minister his fear to them. And sometimes we love folks so much, we don't want them to ever experience any hardship. But the scripture says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For, for if he sow to the flesh, you shall reap of the flesh corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you shall reap of the spirit life everlasting. We cannot interfere with that and keep people from reaping the harvest that they have sown. It is in that reaping of that harvest that they learn to fear the Lord. And that's where wisdom begins. Wisdom can't get a head start unless a person is exposed to the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But you've got to pray for people and say, God, help them. Show them your ways. Teach them. Show them your power. And show them your love. Have mercy on them. Give them grace. But let wisdom begin in their life. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's, let's proceed. Proverbs chapter 1. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. Proverbs chapter 8. And verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, 
and the froward mouth do I hate. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Again, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. That's where wisdom begins. Is in the fear of the Lord. You let somebody, you let somebody chart their own path. Walk their own way. And, and get into the kind of trouble that, that we are prone to get into. Anybody ever done that before? Anybody had to pray that prayer? Oh, God. If you get me out of this. Come on, let's get honest. Oh, God. I don't know what I've done now, but, but I know only you can get me out of this. So, Lord, if you're getting me out of this, I'm going to tell you, you have a few little experiences like that, and you'll wise up real fast. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's when you stop doing stupid stuff. The fear of the Lord. When we just kind of say it kind of tongue in cheek that, oh, yeah, put the fear of God in you. Yeah, it puts the fear of God in you. You realize, man, he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. I've gotten myself into this mess, and God doesn't have to get me out of it. If, if He could let me just fall right off this cliff if he wanted to. But, oh, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children have a place of refuge. Verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Do you know how many snares of death have waited for you? And it was only the fear of God. The fact that you knew, I can't do this wickedness before my God. Hallelujah. I, I won't, I won't. You know, there's a thing called the city of refuge in the Old Testament. And in this city of refuge, uh, a man uh, or a woman who had, who had uh, accidentally committed murder, they were in the heat of the moment and they were in some kind of a fight or something and they... And, and or, or, or perhaps they or perhaps they they were working and 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 somehow something went wrong and they ended up injuring, wounding a person and killing that person. They could be tried for murder and there would be a revenger of blood, an avenger of the person who died, who who could take eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, life for a life. And they had to go find a city of refuge where they could find fortress, where they could find uh, a deliverance from this avenger of blood. And, and so it was prepared for them. However, they had to stay within the city of refuge because one step outside the city of refuge, and they were now open to the attack from the avenger of blood. You know, there are a lot of people who are, you don't realize it, but you're in a city of refuge right now. This walk with God is a city of refuge. This living for the Lord, this serving God, you're covered by the blood of Jesus. 
And you better know that outside of this covenant, there's still an adversary walking about seeking whom he may devour, who's waiting for you to step away from your covenant, waiting for you to walk away from what you know is right waiting for you to have lapses in judgment, waiting for you to slip up and to fall into snares of death. Don't you kid yourself. He's waiting for you to go back down that old road you used to travel. You better stay in the prayer room. You better stay in the Bible. You better stay in worship. That's not a fear tactic. That's a fear of the Lord tactic. If you'll fear the Lord, you'll depart from evil. Because you know, my, I am completely and totally reliant upon the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's read on. Proverbs chapter uh, 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. I would rather have hardly anything. And have my integrity before God intact. Than to have a bunch of treasure. And have all kinds of reckless behavior going on in my life and in my spirit. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. As the, as the curtain is being ripped from Hollywood's entertainment sector. And all of these. All, and, and you know what? It's not a shock to anybody because the filth Hollywood has been putting out all these years, my goodness, who couldn't tell that that was going on in their secret life? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so they've been doing this behind closed doors, nothing. They've been putting it on screens for the world to see. And people act shocked. It's not, it's not a shock to, to, to anybody who's been paying attention and who will be honest. I'd rather have a little and fear God than great riches and not fear the Lord. There's a lot of trouble when you begin to move down the path of not fearing the Lord. Oh, God baptize us with a holy fear of God. Hallelujah. Not a fear of man, not a fear of disease, not a fear of heights, not a fear of whatever, but a fear of God. Hallelujah. A fear of God. I'm going to take this this reaction I have to alarm. I'm going to take this reaction I have to surprise. And I'm I'm going to immerse it in my relationship with God and say, Lord, I'm giving you my fear. You're the only one that I will morally revere that's what the word means morally revere and you know what when you're afraid of when you're afraid of some kind of of uh, tactic that the enemy would bring against you you are morally revering that thing see the scripture says I will not fear what man can do unto me you know what that means that means I will not morally revere what man can do unto me I will morally revere the Lord. Hallelujah. And what that does is it, it puts my life in check. It, it, it straightens my path. It purifies my mind. It cleanses my actions. It purifies the way I treat people. No, I, I can't mistreat somebody. I fear God too much to mistreat that person who's made in his image. 
Oh, no, no. See, see, fearing God, morally revering God. Listen, morally revering God will put a healthy fear inside of me and will cause me to live a life that can be free from so much of what the enemy would have access to do in my life. I don't have to fear the enemy when I fear God. I don't have to fear what tomorrow holds when I fear God. Because see, my, my, my tomorrow is covered by the blood of Jesus. And I morally revere God now. I fear Him. So there's some things that you, I won't do tomorrow. You won't catch me certain places tomorrow. I guarantee you. Or the next day, or the next day. I won't be there. I won't be entertaining that. I won't be thinking that kind of stuff. I won't be watching that kind of stuff. Because I morally revere the Lord. And because of that, there are now certain things I don't have to be afraid of. I don't have to be afraid of what the enemy, what man, what, what pestilence, the arrow by day, the terror by night. I don't have to be afraid of those things. So, so I guess what I'm saying, and we're going to continue down this path, but I guess what I'm saying is fearing God is the remedy for fearing everything else. Oh, hallelujah. Fearing God is the remedy for fearing anything and everything else. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. I want to go back to what we read a moment ago when it said the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. Because I don't want to, I don't want to just gloss over that. The fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And when the fear of the Lord has caused you to depart from evil, there is no stronger confidence that you'll ever have than when you have departed completely from evil. You can look, you can look a whole battalion square in the face and say, what do I have to fear? I mean, take my life. I'm going straight to heaven. I've departed from evil. There's nothing in me that can separate me from God. Who shall I? Who shall I fear? The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know what makes us afraid is when in the back of our mind we've got something nagging on us. Mm, maybe this, this might actually cause God not to come through for me because... I'm not right where I need to be there. I haven't repented of that. I haven't walked away from this. I'm still struggling with that. But when the fear of the Lord so sanctifies us that we depart from evil, we have strong confidence. Integrity produces authority. And the fear of the Lord will work that departure from evil inside of us. And you just, you just walk away. Every time it, it rears its, its ugly head, you'll just walk away from it. I don't want it. I don't. It doesn't matter. You know what will happen? You know what will happen? It, it, it might look pretty to your natural eyes. But, but when the fear of the Lord gets a hold of you, you'll see the spirit of it. And you won't be fooled by the aesthetics of it. Because you are looking past, the fear of the Lord is causing you to look past the aesthetics and you're seeing the spirit, that evil, ungodly spirit. And if you could see the spirit of stuff, you talk about a fear fest. 
My goodness, you'd yawn through King's Island Halloween night if you could look around this world and look past the prettiness of what the world has created as a facade and saw the devil behind it. That scowling, sinister principality, snarling, growling, foaming at the mouth, cursing, pawing the ground. But the fear of the Lord will put it all in perspective for you and you will look only to Jesus so you can see him high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. It'll make you depart from evil. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We don't need to entertain the spirit of fear. We don't get our thrills from entertaining the spirit of fear. We don't get some kind of a little of a little adrenaline rush from the spirit of fear. We don't need a chance chainsaw massacre to get our blood pumping. All we need is a good Holy Ghost time in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Seeing his mercy, seeing his glory, seeing his power on full display. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I remember, I've told you about it. I remember the time and it wasn't too long ago, I stood in the pulpit to preach, and I was preaching, and, and for just a, just a few seconds, I experienced what I still think was God letting me feel what it would feel like if He weren't anointing me. And it was one of the scariest moments I've ever had in my life. It was like it was just a little reminder in case, in case you forget. It is me who is doing this. You see, you see this Bible? I, I'm the one that helps you understand what this Bible is trying to tell you. I, I'm the one who revealed whatever has been revealed. I'm the one who makes your tongue able to declare. I'm the one who anoints a mind. I'm the one who preaches through you. I'm the one. You're a vessel, but I'm the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh God, Lord, let us, may we always stay in a position of humility and in a position of gratitude and in a position of thanksgiving where we always know that it is not by our might and it is not by our power, but it is by the Spirit of Almighty God that any good thing would come from us. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. May we always remember it. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue on. Let's continue on. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. I love that. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life. And he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. And condemn fear of God preachers all you want but I, that's what my soul needs I need something in me that tendeth to life that abides satisfied hallelujah I don't need evil visiting me hallelujah I fear the Lord and the Lord leads me down a path he leads me down a path where evil doesn't visit me 
Glory to God. There's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is destruction. But oh, walk down that narrow way. And I know it's not the popular way. And I know that you won't get riches and fame. Or, or you might, depending on the Lord's will. But whatever, who cares? Because all that matters is following the path that the Lord lays out in front of you. It's a good path. It's a righteous path. It's a holy path. It's a pure path. And it tendeth, it tendeth, it tendeth to life. That means, that means it, it leans toward life. I like that. Hallelujah. It just kind of leans toward life. The fear of the Lord, it doesn't lean toward death. There's some stuff you do that leans toward death. And you're over here saying, can I do this and still go to heaven? Whatever. It's leaning towards death. You're over here asking, well, will I go to hell if I do this? Probably. Because it's leaning towards death. It's leaning. It, what do you think that means? I mean, the weight is shifting. And you're jumping on it. My goodness. You need something that leans toward life. And that more abundantly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this is how you overcome fear. This is how you overcome fear. You get involved with the fear of the Lord. And, 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 and you, let, you let some kind of a bad report come your way. And you let some kind of a, of a, of a frightening situation come your way. And, and don't fight that on your own. You run to the presence of the Lord. And when you run to the presence of the Lord. And you cover yourself in his mercy and in his presence. Holy perspective comes. And you see again that the fear of the Lord is strong confidence tendeth to life, the beginning of wisdom, the fountain of life. Who hath it abides satisfied and is not visited with evil? It's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord gives us understanding of the wisdom of God. It's the beginning of wisdom. Brother Mike Anderson told the story to me of one of the great preachers years ago that had passed away unexpectedly. It just didn't make any sense to anybody. He was about 42 years old, and he just passed away. Uh, he developed a disease and passed away, and it didn't make any sense to Brother Anderson. And Brother Anderson went to the Lord and said, Lord, why didn't you heal this man? Why didn't you heal him? Lord, you should have healed him. <laughs> why didn't you heal him? Tell me why didn't you heal him? And he prayed it and he couldn't, get a, he couldn't get a satisfactory response. He couldn't get a peace of mind about it. Lord, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? And he prayed it for about two years. And all of a sudden, he received a response from the Lord. And this was the response he got from the Lord. Don't ask me again. And that was it. You know why? Because he feared the Lord. And there are things that belong in the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of God. And we trust Him. Hallelujah. 
and we trust him. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. As difficult as that may sound, there's peace in trusting God. There is peace in knowing that I don't understand this, but He does. And He really does have a plan, and He really is working it. And if I hold on, hallelujah, if I hold on, He will reveal to me as is needed, hallelujah, what I shall do. I will trust Him and not be afraid. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of the Lord. Listen to Proverbs 22 and 4. Proverbs 22 and 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. How? By humility and the fear of the Lord. Not by, not by stepping on folks on your way up the ladder. Not by pushing people off the ladder. Somebody showed me a video today of two koala bears fighting over a tree. And one got thrown off and was crying at the bottom of the tree. And I thought, man, I feel like I've been there before. And, and, uh, and, and, and we act like that koala bear. This is my tree. Get off my tree. And throwing folks around. But no, riches and honor and life. They come by humility, and they come by the fear of the Lord. And somebody said, nice guys finish last. Somebody said, you don't get anywhere by being nice. Oh, yeah. This is talking about real riches and talking about real honor and talking about real life. They come from humility, and they come from the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Finally, we're going to read from Ecclesiastes chapter 12. And we're going to read from verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Ha 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 ha. Fear God. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you could take repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and pray and fast and worship and reach lost souls and preach the gospel and live a holy life and, 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 and be faithful to the house of God and love your neighbor as yourself, if you could wrap all of that up in about five or six words, it would be fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. I'm telling you, if you can get this fear of God thing down, hallelujah, it will remove the fear from your life. And I'm not going to go any much longer. I just, I just want to point out a couple of things. The scripture describes perfect love casts out fear. I wish I could go deeper into it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll revisit it a little bit next week. But I want to say that when you fear God thoroughly, that is a picture of Perfected love. That is a picture of that's love perfected. It starts with fearing God. And then you take this journey of wisdom and this journey of knowledge and it arrives at perfect love. And the fear of God has 
brought you to a place, hallelujah, where fear is removed from your life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want somebody right now to just lift up your praise unto the Lord and say, God, I'm, I'm giving you my whole life right now. I'm giving you my whole heart, my mind, my spirit. I'm giving it all to you right now. Come on, give it all to him right now in the name of Jesus. Give it all to him right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, I want somebody who's known God for a little while. I want you to just worship Him like this the first time you've ever heard of Him. Come on, go ahead and praise Him. Go ahead and praise Him. Tell Him, I love you, Jesus. Tell Him, thank you, Jesus. Come on, tell Him again, thank you for your great salvation. Tell him, thank you for your great salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Glory. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name of God. 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 Glory, glory, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet all across this building. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in our midst. I want somebody who's afraid of some things. I want you to say, I'm not going to be afraid any longer. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid any longer. I want you to just give it to God right now. Some of you are afraid of the future. Some of you are afraid of the past. Some of you are afraid your past is going to catch up with you. Right now, I want you to give it to God. Lift it up to Him in the name of Jesus and say, God, I will not be afraid of my past any longer. I trust you. I fear you. I, I praise you. I worship you. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want somebody that's had something just haunting you, stalking you picking at you. I want you right now to praise God in the face of it. Say, God, this will not intimidate me for one more day. This will not intimidate me for one more day. I'm going to walk confidently in the fear of the Lord. I'm departing from evil. I'm repenting of sin. Lord, I'm turning to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I'm leaving foolishness behind. I'm leaving it behind, Lord. I'm leaving it behind, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, O oh God. Glory to your name, O oh God. Glory to your name, O oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Give it to Him. Pour it out to Him. Pour it out to Him. You're welcome to come forward if you like or stay where you are. But all across this building, let's give it to God right now. Let's give it to God right now. <laughs> Woo! Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 
every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. 